podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekwam. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Letizia and he's done it! with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush, and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of ITN. I'm your host, Ray Hunt. No Moscow Mush today. We have a substitute, Tim Bazance. This is episode number 135. Today, me and Tim will chat over our first win of the season against Leeds and look ahead to our visit of Burnley next Saturday. Tim, a win, finally, a massive win, a first win that um, hopefully can kickstart the season. Absolutely. And the opportunity to beat down a downtrodden Leeds who had a number of different injuries was a great opportunity for us to succeed and lay the foundation going forward. And let's hope we get a series of uh, good results here coming up. Yeah. And a crucial run of fixtures, actually, with like Burnley and Watford to round off the month. So, yeah, this this is I know we seem to say it every week, but it's a crucial run of games right now. Absolutely. And the expectations are is that we have to get points from these. Uh, in order to get and be successful in the league, we got to be able to beat the teams around us and get and secure significant results. So Leeds themselves are downtrodden this year, and who knows, they might end up pulling a Sheffield United and have that second season syndrome and eventually go down But because they're playing like it. Um, obviously, they had a lot of injuries. They had Phillips out. They had Bamford out. Uh, they had yeah, and Rafinha was not out, but he was playing for Brazil about 48 hours prior to game time. So uh, we got lucky and with with that in terms of timing, and we'll take it. Uh, it doesn't matter. You got to beat everybody when you can when the game when the game is on the schedule. Exactly, and it's more expectation rather than hope for these next coming games. So that that's good as, as opposed to the other way around. Um, but before we get too far into it, like, how are you? How are you doing? How's your week been? Oh, it's been productive. Uh, I had a four day work week, which was great. And had, had a good time last weekend. Went and saw some friends. Uh, had some, went and did some college football tailgating, which was a great time. Uh, it was at Virginia Tech Notre Dame game. Uh, it was, it was oh, a lot of fun. Right, yeah. Excellent. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and yesterday, yesterday between the sticks again. Yeah. So I, if you, if you ever want to see, uh, my bruises, they are literally just up and down my entire body, <laughs> but, 
Uh, 1-0 win for my, uh, for, well, we call this, not the Sunday league, but the rec league that I play in. Uh, I still have the imprint of the ball in my arm to this, to this moment. This is about 12 hours. Uh, you can see the, the hexagonal imprint in my, on my forearm from where the ball hit. It was such a rocket shot. And then on top of that, I saved a penalty kick, which though I was the cause of, which and it was the correct <laughs> call. Got a yellow card, took the guy out. He kicked the ball wide. He, he completely missed it, but then I had to show off and save it and had probably five or six or seven saves. And I don't normally like to toot my own horn, but that was the best. <laughs> game. That was the that was the best game that I've played for in for this rec leagues, which is about 60 games and I'll take it. And even other people on the team were giving me props. The ref gave me props and um, it's, it's it's good to, it's good to be successful, but ultimately uh, the win was good for the team and uh, we definitely did not deserve it though. So, Hey, listen, we need to cheer on the success whenever we get it right. Cause obviously saints winning, you winning, and also that team up the road got a bit of a batter in yesterday. So all, <laughs> all good, all good. Um, before we get into the news, a quick reminder, uh, buy me a coffee. If if you appreciate what we do and you feel like you'd like to buy us a pint, then please head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Uh, okay, Tim, should we get to the ITN news quick? Let's do it. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, so a lot of our news was centred around the international roundup. Kevin's absence has hindered that, obviously, so apologies. I will just say that, you know, James Ward-Prowse called up by Southgate, confusingly, actually, uh, and he scored in that 5-0 win in Andorra. Um, Elianusi, of course, was uh, was prominent uh, with a brace in Oslo against Montenegro and man of the moment, Armando Broja. Uh, with the all-important winner against Hungary. He's making a habit of that at the moment, isn't he? Che Adams picked up an injury that kept him out of that Leeds game. Uh, nothing too serious, we hear. Uh, just uh, a muscle injury, which he picked up in Scotland's victory over Israel. So what do you think, Tim? Do you think he's going to be back for Burnley? Uh, 50-50 chance. So More, more well, you know, just jump on the back of that one. Is he really going to be warrant a start after after yesterday? Well, let's see what Broja feels like if he's been injured. Obviously, he took a he took a clobbering after he scored the goal, so he was hobbling off, and he ran another twenty minutes after that too. Mm. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, now, in terms of warranting a start, that's a debate that Ralph can make. Uh, I think they they both do a great job whenever they for the roles that they play. Uh, Broja's got the hot hand though, and we'll see, we'll just see. You want you want them to be able to play one hundred percent because. 95% of Che is not as good as 100% of Brogia and vice versa. Absolutely, yeah. Other news, Caleb Watts signed a fresh deal to keep him at the club until 2023. His expiring deal was due to end at the end of this season. Uh, Martin Simmons has hinted that there could be more in the coming weeks or months. Uh, McCarthy expected to be next. Um, need to get that important business sorted out sooner rather than later, really, because you don't want any expiring deals on the table. Jack Stevens also... Um, to have a new deal on the table pretty soon. But, yeah, we don't want to have another situation like like Ryan Bertrand not signing that deal and then, you know, going for a free or someone going for a discount price. We don't really need that. Although I will take uh, how our replacement Perot is doing for him. Uh, honestly, I'm very happy. And so it turned out for the better, and 
now Bertrand and Vestergaard are hanging on the left side of the defense over in Leicester, but they haven't had necessarily the best uh, start to well, the season over there. They did all right yesterday, let's say. Yeah, well, I guess anyone could take pot shots at United with Ole still in, with Ole Gunnar still in charge. It's Shilshar. Mm. Um, loan watcher going to the loanies. Uh, Jake Vokins, he's returning uh, to full fitness after his broken metatarsal. Um, you may remember he joined Ross County on a season-long loan, uh, but he returned to Southampton to seek the treatment. Uh, he is now heading back up north to fight for a spot in the Ross County side. I expect to see him back in around two weeks. So that's that's good news for Jake Vokins, and hopefully he can he can get some action up there. That's great to hear because if for for a metatarsal injury for for a uh, for a football player at ten weeks out being able to get back. Bone injuries can make a huge and significant difference, especially in the foot. Uh, we can see that in American football here, but the longevity of the injury and the ailments, this, let's hopefully it's just a pure bone break and not any further ligament damage because that could affect the overall play going forward. And him getting back to Ross County in 10 weeks shows really good signs of progress, and I'm happy to hear that and wish him all the best up in the Scottish Premier League. Yeah, and uh, Malky Mackay, the manager of Ross County, said it's like having a new signing, having him back. So I'm guessing he's going to put him straight in. So we will keep an eye on him for sure and let you know about his progress. Uh, Kane Ramsey of Crewe was an unused substitute in Crewe's 2-0 win over Wigan in the EFL Trophy. And yesterday, another unused sub as Crewe lost 3-0 at Fleetwood. They are 23rd in League One, so not good for them. Uh, Dan and Linda lose Lincoln lost 2-1 in the EFL Trophy home tie against Sunderland. He came off, no, sorry, he came on on the 69th minute with little effect. Um, and yesterday, a 2-1 home victory over Charlton come off the bench in the dying embers of that one. No time to cause an effect there. Um, Lincoln 13th in League One. Will Ferry's been injured at Crawley. Um, they got hammered 4-0 at home by Leighton Orient in the in the EFL Trophy, and he was sidelined f- through injury. Um, he also missed the win over Rochdale, but returned to the starting eleven in yesterday's home loss to Sutton United, and he was taken off on the 65th minute. Uh, Crawley are 12th in League Two. Um, on to the bees. Uh, not in action. Not been in action since that 4-1 loss to Charlton in the EFL Trophy. Um, and they play Monday night uh, away to Wolves in Premier League 2 as that returns. Uh, the, the women's team, again, they haven't played since the 3rd of October. And that was that 9-0 win over Kingsham. Um, had the Cardiff game called off and the game against the Blue Lot up the road also postponed until further notice. They next play on the 31st of October. And that's an away trip to Bridgewater United on Halloween. It's going to be scary for them. This is Klaus Lundekram, and you are listening to In That Number. Okay then, Leeds. At home yesterday, a 1-0 win, a first win. Relief was all around the stadium. Um, But what was so pleasing was that, you know, it was just a dominant performance, and nearly everyone played to their full potential. There was no bad performers on the day. You know, Armando Broha securing all the three points in the 53rd minute, having a great return to the side, looking sharp, looking solid. Uh, the midfield, too, with Romeo and Diallo, awesome. Redmond probably playing the best he's played in 
I want, dare I say it, in years. McCarthy had little to do. The centre-back pairing of um, Salisu and Bednarik were rock solid. Just... Just an amazing, amazing three points, and 1-0 does not do it justice. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, there's been so many good performers. You can't really knock anybody here for just about anything, uh, except for maybe that Salisu let through for on Dan James in the, in sure. the second half. Beyond that, uh, like you said, Redmond, I've, outside of the Bournemouth game in the, in the, in the FA Cup last year, uh, I haven't seen Redmond play this well in three, four years or so. So props to everybody. Congrats. Uh, well-deserved first win. And let's just keep doing it. Let's get the momentum going. Obviously, we're without skipper James Wood-Prowse, ending a sequence of 118 games uh, suspended, obviously, for that red card against Chelsea. Um, but five changes, Tim. Five changes. Uh, KWP, Walcott, Teller, Adam Armstrong, and JWP all out. Perro, Gineppo, Broya, Elianusi, and Diallo enter. Uh, and Romeu takes the armband. What did you think about that 11, honestly? I mean, I liked it. Uh, there's a couple different things that really stood out to me. It is on the left side, Perot and Gineppo. Uh, they have a link-up play, and they have been, I think you, if you go back and look and see all the previous starting lineups, uh, Perot and Gineppo have been the main uh, starters on that left side when Perot has started. Uh, that goes to a testament to whatever it might be, but ultimately I think it's because they both speak French. Uh, that's they, they've started well together. They have got a, a nice link up. And I do kind of take your your what you're saying there because whenever uh, Kyle Peters is, is played on the left, it's been um it's been Redmond that's been playing out there. So yeah, whenever Perro steps in, you know that Gineppo is going to be there as well. Absolutely. And so Diallo is the natural replacement for JWP to slot in and absolutely phenomenal performance because he truly was box to box. You could see him all over the place. Similar role that JWP plays. I was very happy with that. And then Redmond. So Redmond and Broja, I said in our Discord group, was actually a really good combination. Uh, the reason being is one of the things that we know about Redmond, regardless of, uh, you know, what, how clinical he is, is his ability to basically be all over the place. And right now he played as that second striker role to feed Bro, uh, Broja in. So we saw that with the goal. We saw that with a number of different times where he's able to come, drop back in feed off and then work uh, work going forward, whether it be going to Gineppo or Elianusi, and specifically Elianusi there. There was a couple of good times where he fed it in. And then Diallo came up, was re- rocking it really well. Romeo played higher up the pitch than he normally does. Uh, so all in all, in terms of the, the changes that they made, and Broja, uh, he, he, he did it because of Albania and then also with Adams being out. Um, just all-around success. Very happy. Yeah, and it was good individual performances all round, as we've said, you know, from start to finish. And just Leeds didn't get the chance to get going. And I know that a lot of a lot of pundits are going to say that Leeds were, were poor here, but in fact, we didn't let them play because they were, we were winning those midfield battles. We're winning the first balls. Something that we didn't do. Okay, you know, I'm not going to say Chelsea because it's Chelsea, but something that we didn't do against Wolves, you know. Um, and we and we took the game to them. We drove the ball forward at every opportunity. And, you know, the midfield two of Romeo and Diallo, they were so, so good. So classy, cleaning up everything. Um, and early on, it looked like Liveramento was seeing a lot of the ball and he was looking to get, get going and running at the team um, every chance he got. I mean, we had uh, six set-piece pl- set plays in the forward half. Our heat map is so far pushed forward compared to what Leeds is at. 
Uh, I mean, they're just absolutely crazy with 19 different attempts, uh, looking at it all, uh, totally just looking good when it comes to being aggressive and then not making, uh, the the necessary errors to lead to mistakes, uh, except for Salisu. Um, but beyond (laughs) that, yeah, (laughs) yeah, we, we just dominate, like the game felt comfortable that even though we went one up, and yes, it is Southampton, so you're expecting that they're going to lose at some point. Uh, it, it felt more comfortable than I normally do at the end of at the end of the game. So being able to create those chances, keep that high press up, we looked so good in the first half without scoring. Uh, that doesn't mean anything because you look good, but you don't have anything on 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 the on the scoreboard. But we'll take it, and if they just can continue to do something like this every game, you're gonna. We're going to be a, have a nice, comfortable mid to low mid table finish. I will take that at the moment. Trust me. Um, Red, Redmond seemed to be the main ingredient for for the attacks. Everything seemed to go through him. He had an urgency about him, and it was like like a beaming confidence, which is the Redmond that everybody can get on board with. And it's almost as if he was expected to lead the charge. You know, is that because you know he's one of the most senior players, or was it because um? James Ward-Prowse wasn't included. Does he feel he's like, you know, the pressure's more on him, do you think? Well, I think his head was just shinier than it normally was. So he, <laughs> everything was just, gle- you know, gleaming off him. He's, he had a nice glow, a little gliss. So I, th- I really think it's actually because the way that they had it set up. I believe because he had that second striker role with Broja. Um, him coming in, playing a little bit more centrally where when he plays out wide, he might be, he might feel he's more, uh, locked into what he should be doing. So that freedom itself is, is great to hear, uh, and see that he was able to, uh, able to make it. So I think that was why he was able to thrive. Uh, overall to me, um, he, he showed, he showed that link of play. Uh, if we saw the Newcastle game as well, he's the one who fed the ball in for, uh, the diff- for both of the, for both of the goals there. Just take it, take it, and that's yeah. That's like I said, the best performance that we've had in a long time from him. It's good when we set up like that because I was say we got a lot of energetic players. You know, you got Gineppo, you got Elianusi, you got Redmonds and Broya. They, they've got a lot of players that are just going to run run around the place. But I only ask because on on Twitter I've seen someone's uh, un, unpopular opinion saying that we played with a little bit more freedom uh, without James Ward-Prowse. Is if I mean. We all know that James Ward-Prowse hasn't been playing well this season, but to take him out of the team and for us to play so much better, it could just be a one-off. Who knows? But uh, it certainly looked like that Redmond had had more freedom and he had that confidence to and, and the urgency in his game. Um, and that urgency almost paid off early because um, he tested Melier, wicked shot from outside the box after a little one-two with Gineppo, linking up quite well with Gineppo again. I will not disagree with them, but I will also say that we played Leeds, but where we've played with previous teams, we played much more compact, which has allowed us to have better defense and staying in that compactness, uh, you know, being successful against uh, Manchester City, Manchester United, uh, West Ham, teams that have really gotten to us before. And that compactness has led to the defense. Yes, it has stifled us going forward, but uh, playing against a, t- lead, a Leeds team with a bunch of injuries, uh, that was only to our benefit. Now, let's look at the next three games, well, two games after this one as well. Now, we've got Burnley, which we may have the opportunity to play free as well, uh, just because mm. they have such a rigid formation, uh, but then Chelsea. So if you really, if you really want to answer those questions, uh, th- this is a third of the sample size. Uh, 
that I think uh, you will see that we will have a lot more rigidity when we play in that uh, EFL Cup get round of 16 game against Chelsea here on the 26th. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I mean, I, I heard Ralph's uh, pre-match presser when he said that he needs to, he needs to start. We need to start fast and, and and you know hard against Leeds, and obviously that probably wouldn't wouldn't have been the case against the teams like Man United and and Man City, where you're just going to keep your shape and, and just try and you know get your chances when you get them. Obviously, they wanted to start well against Leeds. They did that. It's going to be interesting to see what they do against Burnley because they, they've got to be they've got to do exactly what they did against Leeds. You know, take the game to them. You mentioned that we had some set pieces early on and we almost scored from from one of them. Elianusi on the back stick just couldn't get enough on it, um, and that was back to back corners that Broyer stuck ahead on it. And I mean no disrespect to Adam Armstrong here, but Broyer is certainly more of a target man and a presence in the box. You know, he's big bodied, he, he's, he's more physical. Causing problems throughout the game, not just from set pieces. You know, he, he could be a, a real weapon. Yeah, he's got eight inches on him, though. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think Adam Armstrong is a good way to describe him as squirrely. He'll yeah. really, he'll navigate and he'll go around you, or Broja will just. He's got the finesse, doesn't he? And Broja yeah. like, is a more of a, you know. He's a bully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a bully. And Saints, need, and Saints need that. We, we need a striker like that. Yeah, and his game is only going to thrive uh, into in the years going forward because as that big-bodied player, uh, he's only, what, 19, 20 right now? That's yeah, fantastic, exactly. where you're not going to be able to rely on speed the rest of your life, but if you can get by and just... Uh, you know, just find that positioning, find that, uh, you know, f- find that form. He'll, uh, he'll, he will be, uh, very good for them. Now, whether or not he will be able to knock into the Chelsea's lineup, that's a whole different question. But with us, we're happy that we have him for the season. Saints are winning those balls in the middle of the park. Like, Leeds couldn't get through, uh, any 50-50 and we, we were coming out on, on top. Dispossessing, intercepting, blocking, you know, and from that, you know, the, the movement came, the running, the energy, creating chances it was all there but we just couldn't find that goal and that that's really worrying you know that was worrying me at the, at the half I'm sure it was you um defensively rock solid not a problem Bednarik Salisi were exceptional um but did we have that quality to find that elusive goal I mean at half time were you were you concerned yeah naturally because that's what we saw all season long we've had three games now where we've had zero goals and you just don't know where they're going to come from, what's going to happen. Uh, we saw that they had the potential, but who knows? And for us, we could have easily given it up. And the Wolves game, we had four times as many chances as the Wolves had, and yet they came on top. And we were all anticipating that we were going to get, they were going to squeak out a 1-0 win, and we were going to be downtrodden and hate everything and be you know kicking shit left and right, causing problems, breaking stuff, whatever it might have been. Uh, yeah, I was a little scared. Yeah. yeah, that was my worry, you know, because the pace of Dan James, I mean, we all knew with, with the absence of key players like Rafinha, you know, Bamford, Phillips, it, it was going to be something like the explosive pace of Dan James, you know, putting in the balls, maybe going around players. Um, Salisi was showing his class and, he, you know, he was, he was reading the, the play so well. Apart from that, you know, that, that chance that he, he let, he let slip by him. But, um, Standing his ground, he didn't let that happen. At second half, it started better for Leeds, you know, in, in, certainly in terms of possession, and McCarthy wasn't really, really tested. Um, I just felt that if, if they would get that one chance, then they'd be able to take it. And Harrison, you know, he, he came in with that, you know, some quick feet running through Romeo, took a shot, but it was that man at the back, Salisu, with the block. And that was a chance that, you know, they, they could have, they could have 
taken the upset. And, you know, they were on the attack again. And, and Diallo wins the ball in our box and he sends it to Gineppo. Gineppo's on his way, doing what he does. Um, and he puts the through ball into Redmond. Um, and he's off. That was a perfectly wasted pass from Gineppo. Uh, Redmond, now, <laughs> these are the moments he's criticised for most. You know, his decision making in the final third. It's always been... It's always been wrong this season. Uh, but this time, he slides the ball square to Broya, and Broya hits the roof of the net, and we get the well-deserved lead. Oh, yeah. It was great. Uh, I, I want to give Gineppo the biggest props on that play. Uh, he's the one who was able to, once he got the ball off the corner, uh, off the counterattack, uh, he found the space, and that's Gineppo's job. He finds the space, and then put that amazing through ball on his opposite foot, through to Redmond, who... Made the run properly. Brojo did a great job doing the follow-up. Find the positioning. Uh, the lead defender, I think it was Cooper or Lorente. I can't tell. I can't Lorente, remember. Lorente, I think it, it was Lorente, yeah. Who, who had a, basically, he took the angle to the goal and he let Brojo just kind of go, go with it. Uh, from there, uh, he put it right, he could, the best he possibly could, put it right over Meslier's head and put it to the roof of the net, and absolutely got clobbered afterwards. I do not know how he didn't get a <laughs> yeah. yellow card after that. He absolutely <laughs> no, deserved a yellow card. It, whatever. So it was Cooper or Lorente. Whomever, whoever knocked that guy, whoever knocked him out, deserves a yellow card, because that is stuff you can't do. A bit late. It certainly was. Yeah. Um, but, you know, after the goal, we didn't change the way we played, which was, again, that was really, really pleasing, because, you know, we could have, could have sat back a little bit and, you know, allowed the pressure, but we didn't. Uh, and, and we could have had more, could and should have had more. And Gineppo comes off. Stuart Armstrong comes on. So good to see him back. You know, even if it's going to take him a little bit of time to get, you know, back up to full match fitness again. Um, but, yeah, it's so, so good to see him back. And I hope he's he's um, starting against Burnley. He, uh he looked a little rusty out there, but we needed to get some legs in, and this is the perfect game and opportunity to do so. Absolutely, yeah. It's just just perfect time for him to come on, really, wasn't it? Um, and that's not a knock on Gineppo, by the way. Uh, Redmond, the instigator again in, in most attacks, and Elianusi almost doubled the lead. He, you know, he was good uh, Saturday as well. Um, always full of energy. But Saturday, he was more than that. You know, he just... He, he, Almost added goals. He was chasing down a lot of lost causes as well, Elianusi, closing down Melier at every opportunity. Honestly, I, you just want to give, you just want to clap your hands and say, "Great job, everybody! Keep it up, do what you do." That yeah, awesome. I just feel like he needs more, more, um, more praise for his performance because he was some, um, he was selfless. I feel. Um, I don't want to spend a lot of time with the negatives because why? Why should we? Why should we? Let, let's just run away with this win. But I do have to m- mention that that best chance that you've already brought up, the, the Salisu, Dan James. Probably the only error of the game was was his awareness of Dan James when when he was put when he put it wide, didn't he? When um one on one with Maka. Yeah, we've seen that from before from Salisu, even going back to when he first first started playing with us last season. He, he he's down to have a, a a mishap here and there. And for all the many times over, 10 plus times that he was able to block the shots or get in positioning, because he was literally everywhere, um, that he's got to be aware that Dan James, once again, a squirrely guy, can, while he wasn't here in 2019 when Man United, for that first 30 minutes when United played, uh, um, in 20, and right around the last week of August, the game that I went to, he was just absolutely 
could not be stopped because and he's he scored a worldly just out from outside the box too. Yeah, I remember. Game. Yeah, went one nil up, didn't I? Yeah, he went one one nil up that way. So he he's fast, he's quick, and he's got to be he's got to be aware of that. So, um, and <laughs> he even took the ball up multiple times too, realizing that he had the space there, which is not something normally that he would do. He probably he, he looked like a couple times going forward. <laughs> he's like, wait. No one's gonna stop me. I'm gonna do this. <laughs> yeah. what, 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 what's going on here? What's what? What do I do? What do I do? And he's Jack Stevens, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so hey, you just gotta be aware. I mean, if he would have just realized he was going on, just kicked that ball and knocked it out of bounds or something like that, nobody would have thought about anything except for the fact that, well, he misplayed it a little bit. Whereas you can really mess up, and you can't get a, chan- a chance like that on somebody who's got the speed like uh, Dan James does. Yes. Ray had a wild shot uh, when he should have squared it to Redmond towards the end of the game. Very, very poor judgment. Uh, Redmond was furious at the end of that, but that, oh God, that's, I gonna that, that's, that's awareness also. That's got, that's going to have to come in his game, surely. Uh, I think that's him just being younger, honestly. Yeah. I think he, if, in those situations and 500 times later, uh, you know, he's 23, 24 years old. In that situation, he's going to have a little bit more awareness where his teammate's going to be at. Redmond was coming in far on the right side and Broja, the entire, the entire mindset for him was to shoot, 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 shoot. So they had a great ball over the top. He got it and he's like, well, I'm going to score this thing. And Redmond's like, no, I'm right here. Pass it over. <laughs> and he was open and it didn't, it just, it didn't go. He didn't, he wasn't thinking. No, I'm sure he gave him a bit of a slap in the dressing room afterwards as well. Hopefully, anyway. Um, you mentioned earlier that you weren't as nervous at the end of the game. Um, saw the game. Well, I mean, yeah, we saw the game out, but we didn't even need to hang on, did we? Because Leeds offered nothing. I was expecting the onslaught, especially when the five minutes gets added on, but nothing. It was just nice. It was, it was yeah. I don't think it was, it, it wasn't super duper comfortable, but it was you nice. It yeah. was nice. It was it was a change. Um and that yeah, that was it. A one nil win. First three points of the season. Totally deserved. Totally dominant. Best performance of the season, possibly. Um and I, I realised that Broya, Redmond and Salisi was go- are gonna get the deserved plaudits. Uh so I, I wanna focus some bit uh, a bit more attention on the unsung hero here, Ibrahima Diallo. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Um, he was so calm under pressure. He broke everything up. Lots of touches. I mean, he, he ranked second in pressing, second in tackles, second in interceptions, led the team in loose ball recoveries. One of the best performance, performances from him in his young Saints career. And coming in under um, difficult circumstances, let's not forget. You know, without James Wood-Prowse, all eyes were going to be on him. He was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Like, uh, we talk about Salisu making that one ga- uh, gaff there. Dial didn't have any. He, he, he was fantastic all around. I saw him anywhere from the, you know, from the corner, our own corner, all the way to the opposite corner. Uh, he basically covered as much ground as the ref does in a game. Yeah. And he had a lot, he looked like he had a lot of time on the ball as well. He just, he was just, yeah. I, I, I'm so, so pleased with how, how he's coming on. It's brilliant. Uh, so I want to look at some stats because <laughs> 47% possession, which is quite telling, really, because Leeds seeing more of the ball and we gave them nothing, not one shot on target. 
defensive dominance when it mattered. Um, and they had three shots in total to our 19. And yet they saw more of the ball. That just goes to show how much, how many times we were winning that ball in the middle of the park because they could not do anything with it in the final third. Not, not a chance. They had 0.45 XG to our 1.83 out of all of them. It's just, it's just showing you that they, they got nothing. They had, they had absolutely nothing. And that was down to us. That was yeah. down to individual performers. It's more of a props to us than to them not doing that well. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. And I just wish they, they'd, uh, they'd jump on that a little bit more. Uh, but a very, very difficult question for you. Man of the match. I mean, take your pick. Because I could have given it to Salisi, Broya, Redmond. I mean, Diallo, the, the list goes on. But who are you going with? I, w- I was going to give it to Salisu. I had it in my mind basically through the first half, going through, and then all of a sudden the Dan James gaff came through, and I'm like, you can't, you can't do that. Like that's Same here, just, mate. Same here. That's yeah. exactly my fault. Yeah, so let's give where props where props is due. I mean, it's it's like a 50-50 split between Diallo and Redmond for me. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Diallo because this was his standout performance and his best performance he's ever had for us. And you said it was like, it's one of it. It is his best performance, in my opinion. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Great on the ball. Saw him everywhere. Uh, Redmond doing his, had his strengths where his strengths were at. And, you know, that's the expectation for him. Diallo set himself apart, though, and his best performance ever uh, for on, in the Saints uh, lineup. Congrats to him. Man of the match. Good performance. Um, so, like, it, could, it could have been a, a list of a list of people, but because um, they were all fantastic. Salisi was a monster in the box. You know, awesome, awesome performances, blocks, tackles, you know, just crucial. Uh, and Broya, too. I mean, you didn't mention him, but... Not just his goal, but his his endeavour, his his presence in the box, his movement, his energy. He's showing us that he, that he's more than just a sub. Just another quality performance. Um, so it comes down to me. I think I'm going to have to give it give the edge to Redmond, mostly because he's proved us all wrong again. You know, which was incredible, really, because th- this is the Redmond that we all want to see. I know I've criticised him over recent weeks, and for him to put in a performance like this. It's turned my head again, and I hopefully, hopefully we can um, we can see this more. But you know, he he drove the play, he ran at Leeds, he played one twos, he didn't stop running, he took shots, he got in the right positions, involved all his teammates, made the right decisions, got an assist, and just not that lazy performance of late. No hands on hips, no staying off offside. Just not a bad word to say about him yesterday, and, and he, he deserved a goal for that display. He should have had one if um if Broer had a squ- Broer had a squared it to him. But yeah, Nathan Redmond, as the title would suggest, everybody loves Redmond at the moment. Position fifteenth now, uh, with another crucial game coming up next week against Burnley. Dean Hammond's here. Thank you for tuning in to In That Number. Okay then, uh, Burnley at home next week, Saturday the 23rd of October, 3 o'clock kickoff. Burnley, Tim, what are their nicknames? Clarets. The Clarets, that'll do. Famous fans, do you know any of them? No. <laughs> no? No, I don't think you would. Uh, okay, so we've got uh, BBC Radio 1 presenter Jordan North. We've got England fast bowler James Anderson. We've got former Prime Minister Ted Heath. And one for you, Tim. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. It's all about money for him. Basically, you he's pay a, he's him. He's a club slot, yeah. Yeah. You put, you give him five grand, he'll put whatever shirt you want on and tell it's the best team in the world, and that's 
it's what it's all about. On to the serious stuff then. Burnley. Uh, struggling this season. Still winless on three points. Uh, second from bottom. But but with Burnley, you know what you're going to get, don't you? You know you're going to get a tough physical side that are going to be well organised and set up not to concede many. Uh, but they don't have a lot of quality in terms of going forward. They're, they're struggling to find the net like we are. Uh, only four goals this season in the league and, and no one has scored two. We know they're going to be probably put up a tougher game than Leeds did, let's face it. And if we think that we're going to get an easier game than Leeds, you know, then think again, that's probably going to be the worst away performance at St Mary's this season. But, you know, we have to build on that Leeds win and we have to take them again. We have to expect the win. Got to go for it. Got to start well like we did against Leeds and just don't let up. Burnley, while they still, they lost 2-0 against Man City, they didn't, they didn't sit back. They actually did a great job going forward, uh, caught the highlights from them and, uh, it's scary. It's always Burnley. You, you, you never know with a Sean Dutch team. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. Chris Wood's going to hit a worldie. Uh, Charlie Taylor's going to come in, act like he's, you know, 19 years old and just smacking around the park. And, or Dwight McNeil is going to be the best player in, in the history of time. He's just, something's always going to go to their benefit. And it's always a scary, uh, whenever you do play them because they're so physical, they're so drilled in and it, you just don't, you just, you, you know what to expect, you just don't know who it's coming from. Yeah, I mean, you, they, have, they have got their threats, haven't they? They do. I mean, they've got a decent goalkeeper. They've got Nick Pope, haven't they? He's, I mean, I, I like Josh Brownhill. I like Ashley Westwood and Dwight McNeil, you've mentioned. They've got the physical presence of Chris Wood. Of course, they've got the ex-Saints in, in Jack Hawk and Jay Rodriguez. So they they are, I mean, the defence as well. Let me, well. I mean, I think Ben Mee's out, but they've got um, Tarkovsky, who I'm a big fan of. So they have got the players, and they always seem to set up in that same 4-4-2, don't they, with the same sort of players coming off the bench to replace the ones that have been on there. So, like I said, you know what you're going to get with them. But, yeah, you're not going to get blown away by them like we did a couple of years ago. But are we going to score against them? Potentially. So, Burnley, they are 19th right now with only three points. Uh, they are of no wins, unlike us, who has won, which is great. Uh, like I said, 2-0 <laughs> loss to City. They had just a, just a little over one XG in the game. So they're, they're making, they're making some progress going forward, uh, even against a team like City, but not able to capitalize. Uh, so new signing that they had this year. I want to talk about Maxwell Cornet. Uh, he is flare on flare on flare. Basically he's a, he's a bargain bin, uh, Alan St. Maximin. Uh, not expected to be able to come in. Uh, he's primarily played as a left wing back in his previous stints elsewhere. Um, but he is actually coming in and playing a very much and much more advanced role. They recognized that when he scored against, ooh, was it Everton or Leicester? I think it was Leicester that he came yes, in. So he had that uh, one. Yeah, he's got one so far and then pulled up with a hammy. Uh, but he's back and ready to go. And so I think he was very advanced against Man City, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He's extremely advanced. So we thought coming in that he was. I mean, he's been previously playing left in left back in his previous roles. So playing this far forward in a four four two when he's much more of a winger, uh, he's playing a very free role right now. So that's going to be the key battle in the lineup to see and how he roams around and who's going to be able to manage him. Because if we got lit up by St. Maximum, 
we have to basically take what St. Maximum does and what we did wrong against it and do the opposite and play it against Cornet. Uh, uh, that's also a testament to uh, Eric Peters wanting to stay in the lineup for them on the left back side. Uh, Vidra was also injured as well. He's uh, He was off for the Czech Republic, so basically he's the equivalent of Adams to us. Uh, he played twice for them over the international break and did not come back to be able to play. And we all know about Burnley's 4-4-2 formation. Expectations, Pope is going to start. As you mentioned, Ben Mee, center back, he is out with COVID. Um, but then we've got Peters on the left back, Tarkowski, who's looking like he's going to go to Newcastle. He's the his His contract is ending at the end of this year, so he's uh, probably the closest and most realistic signing that they can make come here in January, or at least on a pre-contract agreement for Newcastle and their new ownership group. Alongside Matt Lowden, who's the right back. Uh, in the center, we've got McNeil, Goodenson, Westwood, and Brownhill are my predictions. Jack Cork did play for them, uh, but I think Goodenson will come in to replace. And Wood and Glenn Cornett, uh, who's going to play probably, like I said, that free role where Wood's going to play that real top uh, uh, target man, striker, uh, a little bit, you know, all around forward, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call him. But look for Cornett to play the role of Redmond to Wood playing the role of Brogia and having that combination of link-up play and then a little bit more flair than Redmond's got uh, with Cornette. Yeah, and they've still got the likes of, like, a Jay Rodriguez and Ashley Barnes and a and an Aaron Lennon on the bench, so they've still got some weapons there. Yeah, I don't I don't think we're going to have any much change in formation. The only thing I can think of is if Brogia's is out, we saw him after he got clobbered, he was hobbling around for the last 20 minutes, and then we'll see what Adams is uh, is like as well, if he's able to come back. But ultimately, I think he's not going to change anything uh, with with this uh, with this lineup that we had today. No reason to at the moment. I don't think so. Uh, so with that in mind, Tim, would you like to go first with your prediction? It's Burnley, so it's going to be a scrap. One uh, one. One one one. Okay, right. Um, I'm going to be building off the back of this um, this Leeds one, and I'm going to go for a win. I'm going to say that we we do take our chances, we do create our chances, and I say we're going to win a nice, comfortable, controlled, measured 2-0 win. How is that for uh, optimism, then? Take it. Kevin and Alex, I still haven't had their predictions yet, so I will get those and post them. So they are. we know they're not cheating. Um, the wives, then. Um, Gemma is obviously going for her customary 0-0. Um, she said she's got no reason to change it, and it is Burnley. <laughs> so let's face it, it could it could quite easily be a nil nil. Um, what about Abby? What's she going to take? Uh, she's taking two one. Saints win. Good on her. Right. Okay. Uh, we'll go into extra time. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, then we'll start extra time off as usual with the predictions. Uh, I went one one. Kev went 2-1 Saints, you went 2-1 Leeds, and Alex also went 1-1. So the only person to score points there was Kevin, who predicted a Saints win. Uh, So that leaves the scores. Alex on 4, you, Tim, on 6, me on 11, and Kev has jumped into the lead now on 13. Um, Wife Wars then, uh, Jen went 0-0, obviously. Marina went 2-0 Saints. Abby went 1-1, and Caitlin went 1-0 Leeds. So similar story. No one scoring points apart from Marina. So the Milvertons are running away with it this week. Um, 
points after the Leeds, Leeds game, then Abby and Caitlin are on eight. Oh, and Gemma is on eight also. Um, and Marina is going away with it on 13. Gotta put a stop to this. Uh, super six and two rounds since our last recording. Round 13 was won by Stephen McCullough with 14 points. Uh, and round 14 was Yasmin Wiseman and Tom Hennigan with 12. Uh, the overall lead, Colin Carter on 130, running away with it now. I think it's got like a 16, 17 point lead, I think, from the last time I looked. So that is, that is all good. Uh, remember, if you want to join our Super Six League, you still can. Your points are going to be rolled over. The code is YZLCSM. Uh, and same with fantasy football. If you'd like to join that, the code is Y65WV5. Or you can just send us a message and we'll let you have it. Um, speaking of fantasy football, how did you get on this week, Tim? I'm sitting on 39 at the moment. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, Salah just got us uh, 26 points, which is great. Uh, I've still got Ben White, uh, the West Ham players, Ben Rama and Antonio to go. And then Son, who's looking like he's potentially out with COVID, uh, did not change him, get him out of the lineup. Along with Jota, who didn't even play. Who else is on your bench? Uh, Sar, yeah, Sar, Cresswell and Lippermento. Oh, okay. Well, they'll they probably bring Sar on, won't they? Sar is definitely coming on for Jota already. And then mm. we'll see what happens with, uh, if Sun's out, it'll be Cresswell. And then everybody else, Shaw did play. No, it's been quite a tough week. I don't think there's been many high scores. I'm on 46 this week, and I I, I picked um, Sanchez in goal, which kept a clean sheet. And obviously, I got, I got Salah as my captain also. Um, Wan-Bissaka scored me minus one, though. Shit. Um, um, yeah, Ings got me seven. I've also, I've still got, um, I put Agrafina in because I thought there might be a chance he could make it. And I kept um, Conor, Conor Gallagher out of the side because of it um, but he can he could still potentially come in uh and i've got sam maximan to come in and cresswell also so I, I, yeah I, I could be a lot better off but it all needs to go my way right in the podders league then we have mikey maidman on 66 this week which is pretty good so far um oliver boast leads the way from matt markstone in the league overall um and in the big league we have gaz smith with his Gaz Lacticos and Nemesis with his, his or her, I don't know, uh, Squid Game on 64 points so far this week. Uh, and the overall lead, we have Sadam Milosevic's Sunderland with 547. I didn't even see how Kev had got on. Can you see him at all? Because I want to name and shame him. Alex got uh, 41 points this week. Intertella got, is on 45 points this week. Ah, beaten by one point. Yep. Excellent. Oh, he, he had Rafinha. He, he captain. He captain Salah, and tar- he's got target coming in though for Rafinha, which is only one po- one more point. Oh, and he's got Sam Maximum still to play, and Cresswell. He's got pretty much similar Saints team to me. No wonder why they bloody got similar sort of points. But yeah. I'm. I've still got four. So I've got four players who can score still, which is good. Me too. So yeah, it, it's it's good. It's good. They just need to do it. Uh, no Russian phrase this week because, as I say. The Moscow Mush is not here. I can do a southern phrase though. <laughs> yeah, if you would, if you wish, give us a southern phrase. All right, so southern phrase, one of the most quintessential ones you'll ever hear. Bless your heart. So, so many different meanings to it. Uh, you can actually truly mean it as a thank you and say, "Oh, bless your heart. You mean so well." Or "Bless your heart. Uh, how lucky for you. That's so great." But the true 
southern way to say it and by the true southern in the idea that you are passive aggressive it is a actually a knockdown of who you are so to all the Leeds fans who are singing and shouting uh craziness <laughs> bless your heart because i don't want to be <laughs> nice to you yeah. but i have to so bye bye enjoy your train back to yorkshire you sucked bless your heart <laughs> Bless your heart. I like it. Well done, Tim. Um, another reminder of uh, buy me a coffee. Uh, if, again, if you appreciate what we do uh, and you feel like you want to buy us a pint, then please head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Next week, uh, hopefully Kevin's back. Uh, that's not a knock on you, Tim. I'm just saying, just put that out there now. Uh, hopefully we'll have all three of us in. Uh, we will be chatting through that Burnley game and we will prepare you for both our Carabao Cup fourth round trip to Stamford Bridge and our trip to Vicarage Road for another crucial game against Watford. So until then, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up at Southampton. Podcast Network.